This is a podcast by Wellhouse Church, where personal spiritual growth is fueled through a variety of practices rather than a single prescriptive time of devotion, where we discuss different spiritual practices that help us be more present with God, others, and ourselves. What's up, man? Oh, not much. I'm getting excited. It's a Saturday. We got college football, and specifically today uh, is the first day that Baylor is playing. Oh, nice. This is their opening game. So they had a couple of COVID postponements, right? which kind of sucks. But uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. You'll learn this about our wonderful pastor. Um, he's a bit biased towards Baylor. Um, oh, not a bit. Yeah. <laughs> I'm unashamedly uh, bleeding green and gold. Yeah, I actually um, posted a picture not too long ago on one of our social media platforms of Cullen preaching in his Baylor hat, which he's wearing right now. Yep. And uh, I had a friend of mine text me and goes, whoever that guy is, he has great taste. And yes. she goes to Baylor. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh-huh. Yep. So we're talking about the sacred pathways. Yeah. So I think this is important. I got introduced to this book actually through um, seminary at Baylor. Um this is a book by Gary Thomas, and it's called The Sacred Pathways, Discover Your Soul's Path to God. And it's this idea that we introduced before, but we all have different personalities. We all right. are kind of made up different as people. And so as different people, um, maybe our way that we best experience God is different based upon our personality and uh, needs and desires. And so what spiritual pathway or what sacred pathways does is it opens our mind to number one, what are all the possible pathways, which uh, Gary Thomas introduces nine possible pathways. Mm -hmm. And it not only shows us the nine pathways shows us where they have their strengths as well as showing us where to watch out for those, um, watch out for those. Right. And what ends up happening is you may have one dominant pathway, right? So you may, you may see the title of all the episodes when they get out and go, Oh yeah, just from the title, I think I'm that one. Right. But the true value comes in understanding that while you may have a predominant pathway, we can all utilize aspects of every pathway based upon different situations we find ourselves in. Sure. So we shouldn't like if, if you figure out today, today we're going to talk about the naturalist. Uh, if we talk about the naturalist and you go, Oh yeah, that's me. I just know that's myself. Well, don't stop listening for the next eight weeks. Like <laughs> you should still listen because you can, you can learn and utilize things from the other pathways as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so the naturalist as the name suggests, it can be summed up into one sentence as a person who experiences God through nature. Yeah, yeah, basically. I mean, it's a bit more it, it gets, robust it's, and it's holistic a bit more than that. But complicated, but... I think uh, what it is is we would, you know, I guess we would stereotype this person as the mountain man. Or the hippie. <laughs> yeah, one of them, right? Their, their personality might be that way. Right. But 
it also might be someone who you've heard of that person who works in an office mm-hmm. and and lives in an apartment and so they like to get out of the building and so they go for a run or they go on prayer walks like yeah. being outside provides them a space to connect and be with god right absolutely so being in nature it doesn't necessarily have to be um true undeveloped nature it doesn't have to be a forest or a meadow Uh, it can literally be outside i mean Mm. you can uh i know it might be hard for anyone that lives in the concrete jungle right but um parks or trees outside of buildings water features um in lobbies like there there are elements of nature present anywhere we are and so if you experience god in the elements of nature you might be a naturalist. Yeah, and and that's actually a bit of a survival tip for quarantine, you know, and yeah. and, and right now during coronavirus, right? Go take a walk. Yeah. Right? Um if you live if you're if you live in a house and you have a backyard, um go stand outside in your backyard. Legit, yeah. go stand outside in your backyard. Take your socks off, take your shoes off. There's studies that have been done that show that there are um, electromagnetic waves that come up from the ground um, that actually influence your mood. Um, yeah, I heard you say that one other time. I, yeah. I kept meaning to go look that up, and I yeah. forgot. It's a, um, it's something that I learned in one of my social work classes, um, and it's actually it's really interesting. And if you've ever done it, like if you're in a bad mood or you're tired of being in the house, go out, go step outside barefoot, stand on the ground, and God designed the world to, to be this way, right? Yeah, I think, um, and I think that's the important part. Gary Thomas has this great quote in his book. He says, if we don't appreciate creation, yeah. maybe we don't appreciate the creator. Mm. Um, and like, oh, okay, wow, that, that's really impactful. That's really powerful uh, when we talk about it that way. Because we often forget God created the earth. Yeah. And so, okay, there are elements about it. I mean, he is the creator God. Right. And so what he creates, he cares about. Yeah. Like, that. that's important. What he creates, he cares about. And in creating what he cares about, he communicates to us through what he created, through right. other people or through creation. Right. And we have literal iconic examples of that in scripture. Yeah. One of them very easily being Psalm 23. I mean, it's, it's this iconic passage that everyone loves and yet we easily forsake the creation aspect of it. Yeah. Right. So it says, beginning in verse one, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want So first and foremost, the psalm begins by placing us in a context that is in nature. Yeah. We have become a part of nature. God is a guide through nature for us as sheep in need of a shepherd. Yeah. The Lord is my shepherd. He makes me lie down in green pastures. Now let's, let's think about this for a second. We have, let's just take golf courses, for example, because they're, they're pretty prominent in this way. 
most neighborhoods you would find in Texas, or at least in coastal Texas, have St. Augustine grass. Right. Or, yeah, St. Augustine. Most golf courses have Bermuda grass. No. There's something different about Bermuda, right? Well, at a golf course, you don't realize this because we cut it really short. Right. Right? Um, but Bermuda is also a type of hay. Mm-hmm. Right? You have Bermuda hay. Yep. Especially in the coastal regions of Texas, that's the most prominent kind of hay. It's just there. Right. So, but when you look at a hay field, what what color is it? It's brown. Yeah, it's like a brownish yellow color. Yeah. Right? When you look at a, a true golf course, what color is it? It's a deep, dark green. It's luscious and beautiful. It, and there's a radically different feeling that you get in looking at a green mm-hmm. grass or a green pasture rather right. than a yellow one. Well... Because when you look at the green, you see vibrancy, you see yes. beauty, you see color. But whenever you look at the yellow and the browns, you automatically just think like, oh, it's dead. Yeah. <laughs> when, when you look at the green, you see richness. Yeah. You see goodness. You see color. Uh, I love the word you have, vibrancy. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. There, there's something special about green grass or green pastures. Yeah. And then... It says, he leads me beside still waters. Mm. Um, what's the what's the purpose of the water being still? I'm feeling you're about to tell me. Well, it says, oh, calm. Yeah, they're calm. calm. They're calming. We live in a world that is so busy. Yeah. We pride ourselves on being busy. How often do you walk up to someone and go, hey, man, how's life? And their response is busy. Yeah. And and not only are they busy, but we wear busyness as a pride, like mm-hmm. as a, a badge of honor. Like yep. somehow if because we're busy, that means that we're important. And also busyness can be a way to distract yourself from your problems. Yeah, it can. We can we can yeah. over function, right? Right as as a way to to cope, um, but I think it's important that it's not running water. It's not it's not a rushing river, no. um, because it could be it could be a calm stream, no. right? Or a nice slow flowing creek. Those could also be calming to some extent, um, but still waters. There's a certain beauty that happens in still waters because what what happens when you stand beside um a a creek or or moving water Uh, well there's there's lots of movement yeah there's movement it's busy yeah what happens when you step up next to still water i don't know man there's just this it looks like a layer of glass sitting on top and it's just it's still, it's calm. There's nothing happening. And if it's the right color, what do you see? All the way down in the bottom. So that would be one example. Or you see yourself. Mm, yeah. There's a moment of self-reflection that happens upon still waters. Yeah. When we see rushing waters, we're fascinated by the movement. Right. But when it's still, we see ourselves. Mm. We have a moment of calm reflection. Um, and I remember I was in high school and I'm not a naturalist. Uh, 
Oh, and that's an important point I forgot to mention about uh, sacred pathways is that at the end of every chapter of the book, and we'll link this in the show notes so that you can find it. Um, but at the end of every chapter of the book, he gives you like a quiz to take mm. to help you decipher what pathway you are. Oh, that's cool. And so I'm not a path. I'm not a, a naturalist, but as I said before, we can all experience God through all of these pathways. Yeah. And I remember being uh, in high school and when I was in high school, I used to love to fish. Just one of those things that I really enjoyed to do. I don't enjoy it so much anymore. I'm not really sure why. I'm not sure what about my personality um, led me to where I don't, that's not enjoyable as much anymore. Um, but um, I used to love to fish and specifically I loved kayak fishing. Mm -hmm. I loved going in kayaks and getting out and fishing. And I remember I was fishing one day and when you're fishing, there's really not a whole lot to do. Nope. You're, you're kind of just fishing. Yeah. Um, now specifically saltwater fishing. Mm -hmm. So a little bit more activity, but not as much as like bass fishing right, right. or something like that. And so I was just, you know, you're out in the middle of the ocean uh, or I think I was in the bay, but you're out in the middle and really you just see vast amounts of water, mm -hmm. right? And so I just began contemplating, reflecting on the water, meditating, spending a little bit of time in prayer. And I distinctly remember feeling the Lord speak to me. And not audibly, but like just impress upon me mm. um, a message that he had for me. And uh, so this was, this was over a decade ago. Wow. And I'm getting old. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So this is over a decade ago. And I still remember it like it was yesterday. I'm in the kayak. And as the waves are going underneath me, the, the kayak is rocking and, and going in motion with the waves. And uh, literally, I felt like the Lord tapped me on the shoulder. It was like, hey, you feel that? I was like, yeah. But you see how the kayak is in motion with the waves, that the waves guide the path of the kayak, that they're in sync with one another. Mm. I was like, yeah. He's like, this is what I want with you. Mm. This level of being in sync and connectedness is me guiding you, mm. you giving complete control to me and being in sync with wherever I take you. Yeah, um, there is lots of connection in scripture to water and the spirit. Yeah. Um, and, and that's supposed to be the role of the spirit, right? Yeah. The, the spirit guides us and, and leads us where we're supposed to go. And we yeah. need to be in that sink of that, that rocking back and forth with, with the spirit. Um, yeah. So this is, this is a great example about kind of the things that happen for the naturalist, right? Yeah. Being present in nature and that being a place where you experience God. Yeah. Now for me, I try really hard to be astutely aware of God and the presence of God anywhere I am. So I just happen to be in nature that time, but that's not the place where I feel most connected to God all the time. Yeah. Um, now I still do get some elements of that. Um, 
there's lots of times where I go out and play golf and I just decide to walk nine holes. Um, and I'm not trying to rush. I'm not playing for score. I'm just playing because I love the game. And there's a, an element of peace and calmness that happens in that. And so I will get elements like that still to this day. But that is uh, the experience of the naturalist. Right. Um, and I think some some good words that Gary has here is um, we should be perceptive to what's happening in nature. And that's mm. a way that we can, as naturalists, experience God. Right. So he says, first consider the greatness of creation, mountains, sky, oceans, which clearly portrays the immensity of the power, wisdom, and goodness of the triune God. Mm. When we look at nature, nature, truly nature, um, we see the goodness of God. Yeah. Even when we look at it at a very deep level, even if we just simply looked and we saw the lion eat the lamb, yeah. right? You go, oh, that's not good. Right. But to some extent it is. Right. Is it ideal? No, it's not ideal. An ideal would be the lion and the lamb lay together. Right. But it is good because the way it works, I'm pulling out my lion king here, the <laughs> circle of life. That's right. Right. So we have the lamb eats the grass, the lion eats the lamb, and then when the lion dies, it lays down, and over time, it becomes grass. Mm-hmm. So it is this circle of life. And so it is good. Right. It's not ideal, but it is good. When we look at mountains and oceans and skies, the magnitude, the power to, that God spoke this into existence, right? That, right? that he is creator of what we see. It's pretty amazing. Well, you know, I use this example in the intro, um, but... Um, I talked about that time at my grandparents' house, mm-hmm. you know, where I just stepped out onto the deck and I just felt the presence of the Lord. And I just had a moment where I just saw his artwork. Yeah. Um, that's an experience that a naturalist would have, correct? Yeah. So we're going to get there. Uh, I think that would be under the beauty section. Okay. So we're, we're under the greatness section okay. right now. Then he says to look at the multitude of creation. A forest has more plant and animal life than you could imagine in a lifetime and shows us how God is capable of doing many things at once. Mm. Those who wonder how God can hear so many prayers uttered simultaneously have been out of the forest too long. Mm. We forsake the forest for the trees, mm. right? Um I think that's also an important word here, that the multitude of creation. Think about to something also to the abundance of creation. Yeah. The the stars of the sky, the sands of the sea, um, the grass in the field. I mean, there's an abundance to creation. You know, we we look and as far as the eye can see. Right? Just go out to the middle of nowhere and look till you can't see anymore. 
you haven't even seen the smallest part of the earth. No. The multitude, the abundance of what's happening in creation is a testimony to God. Yeah, and and kind of spinning off of that and also trying to connect it to something you said before, um, this is legit just popped in my head that um, as water is self-reflecting, right? That is the most prominent thing on the earth. Yeah, there is 70, more, 70% of the earth's covered in water, something like there that. There is more water that covers the earth than anything else. Yeah. And in the same way, you need to be more self-reflective mm. than, than most other things. Yeah. I think to the last point, what, what you brought up earlier, examining the beauty of creation. Right. See the beauty of rocks and their shapes, the beauty of colors and shades, the beauty of individual elements such as trees, the beauty of overall composition such as forests. God's beauty cannot be revealed through one form, but is so vast and infinite, Mm. it can fill an entire world with wonder. It's amazing. It it really is a different way to think about the world uh, and creation. It is, and and when when you start trying to think about it that way... um, you can start to experience God in that way. Yeah. Right. Um, it, and that's the whole point of, of this podcast and us going through this book is to help you experience God in different ways. Yeah. Um, and, and so maybe this week, what you need to do is try to experience God in nature. Yeah. Um, go outside. Go outside, like experience nature. Go for a run. If you're a runner, go out for a walk, go sit on your back porch Go sit on your balcony, whatever, however you experience nature, whatever your preferred way is, try it and just sit in the peace and the calm and look for God. Yeah. And, and see how God reveals himself to you. See what nature itself can reveal to you about God. Uh, so this is called in the theological world, this is called natural revelation. Mm. What can we understand about God from nature? Yeah. And so we have natural revelation and special revelation. And in natural revelation, there's a whole lot we can tell about God. Yeah. Um, and I love Thomas's quote that um, if we underappreciate creation, then we might underappreciate the creator. And I think the church is guilty of that. Um, yeah. I think the church is guilty of that. The actual quote is, um, if we don't appreciate the outdoors, then maybe we don't appreciate the creator. Think about it in, in, a, in a way like this. You know, you, you maybe you're at work or you're at school and you put, all of this together, or maybe a better example is you're trying to do a good thing for your, for your family. Like you're trying to cook dinner and you make this really nice dinner, what you expect to be a really nice dinner and you put your heart and soul into it and you put it in front of them and they hate it or they throw it around the the room or whatever it is. How is that going to make you feel? Yeah. If you disrespect God's creation or if you don't appreciate God's creation, that's kind of what you're doing. Yeah, that's a really good word. Um, Now, I think with each of these, 
it's important to remember that they are a way to experience God, but they also all come with pitfalls or yeah. things to avoid. Yeah. One of them is for the naturalist. There are two that I kind of want to highlight. Gary Thomas includes three, but two that I want to highlight are it's really easy to become individual mm. because you as an individual can be present in nature. Yeah. Um, but we can't remove ourselves from the community. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So there are ways to do that, right? Sure. Include people in that experience with you, uh, retreats, mm-hmm. um, go on hikes with friends. hikes with people right there. There are ways to include people to do that. The other one is we want to be careful that creation itself doesn't become the idol. Yes. Um, that would be a major pitfall. God created the earth. God is not in the earth. Yeah. We don't worship creation as Christians. Yeah. We appreciate creation. We care for creation. We experience God through creation, but creation itself is not God. Yeah. And so I think we want, we want to keep people aware of those pitfalls, but also tell them the world they're missing out on if they don't experience God through nature. Mm. Because like I said, I'm not a naturalist, but it's pretty easy for me occasionally to experience God in different ways in creation through different experiences because, and specifically so much of the Bible is in terms of creation metaphors. Yeah. I mean, think about um, when God was talking to Abraham about how many people like yeah, how stars many, of the so, sky, right, sands this, of the sea. Yeah, yeah, that's that's nature, yeah. right? Um, so there's a really important aspect um, to God and to us experiencing God through creation. Oh, absolutely. It's um, vital. And, and something we're going to talk about um, in one of our other podcasts in Let's Talk is creation care. Yeah. Um, and that's something that's really important or should be really important as well. It's a form of worship. Um, taking care of the thing that God created. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I think that that's what we got, right? Yeah, I think so. Make sure if you're interested in more, you pick up Gary's book. It's really good. We're going to keep going through it for the next eight weeks, covering all of the pathways. But we're just hitting the, the points of it. There's so much more to dig down into. Yeah, absolutely. Well, good conversation. Absolutely. Enjoyed it. Yep. See you next time. Later.